0: 1059 of the fan, Ben and his friend Gunning. And why not? On the first day of Toronto Blue Jays spring training, we're going to have maybe our most significant snowfall of the winter. Yeah, of course. Good times. Uh, Blue Jays pitching trip catchers. a week late is all that means. Uh, reporting today. Yeah, you know what? We're going away at the same Ooh. time. We're both going to miss, uh, not next week, but the week after. I am glad that there is some remnants of winter happening. Like, I'm glad that, I I, fingers crossed, there's still going to be snow on the ground. Like, no offense to the people that aren't going on vacation, but, like, I need that. I would have hated. I've
1: I've pre-warned my wife that if I am sitting in Jamaica and I open my weather app and it says 10 degrees in Mm -hmm. Toronto, I'm going to be spitting mad. Yeah. I didn't go to get away from 10 degrees. 10 degrees
0: is great. There's... Been many a day this winter that have been in and around that temperature, and I'm glad I was here for that. Yeah, I no offense to the people that have to dig themselves out of today, and I'm I'm one of them. But like in two <laughs> weeks, kind of hope it snows again. As long as my not, flight's not delayed.
1: Just to be clear, not kinda. I hope you people suffer <laughs> you while people. I'm gone. Yeah. All right. Very good. You, you
0: put it a little more pointedly than I did. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with the sentiment. Okay. All right. <laughs> The, the winter kind of officially ends today, though, with uh, the mandatory reporting mm. date for
1: Blue Jays. Winter, winter doesn't officially end for me until Masters season.
0: But. Mm, yeah, that's fast approaching to the be, uh, beginning of April. But uh, we're going to hear, you would think, mm. from some principals either today or tomorrow.
1: For you, what's the biggest story of spring training? I think the biggest one is the most uncertain and it's what is Alec Manoa I don't think there's a single player that has the potential to change the trajectory for what this team can be on one swing of performance than him I mean say what you will about Vlad and we've said a lot we know what the baseline looks like like we've or sorry we know what the floor of that looks like quite frankly we've seen it way too much lately with Alec Manoa you know, I'm not sitting here telling you he's going to have some bounce back season. I am far, far from writing it off. That is the thing I am most curious about. That is the thing we will get all of our most classic spring training stories about. About, ooh, Arm is looking live, feeling like a competitor, best shape of his life. We're going to get all that stuff out of him, and we're all going to sit here trying to parse it. And should we get excited? Should we not? What does the first spring outing mean when we finally see him in a, you know, quote-unquote live game? That's the thing that I'm far are in a way, the most intrigued by.
0: Well, and what does he say? Like, we haven't heard from him since all of this went down where he was demoted and, like, did he report? Did yeah, he walk his way weird. out yeah. of the organization? Did he want out of town? Now, here's what I expect. Like, I expect everybody to be on their talking points, although I've thought that before and it hasn't manifested itself. Uh, but, yeah, I I want to hear exactly what he went through last year, where his thoughts process led him to whether he really thought well he's never going to say this but like can we parse from some of his comments that he thought maybe a divorce was possible or maybe the best Mm -hmm. case scenario for for both sides and to your point about about floors and and Vlad's uh being at least an above average Mm -hmm. major league offensive player you hope that's the floor for Alec Manoa which is a guy that's not a major leaguer but yeah Yeah. we're, we're talking about different floors where Vlad gets to stay in the major leagues and, yeah. and earn many millions of yeah. dollars. Like even if 20 he's, mil
1: in ARB. Yeah. yeah,
0: even if he's a 780 OPS guy, Alec Manoa doesn't get to have a major league career again if that's what he is, what we saw last season. So, yeah, that's, I think, clearly the, the number one story, at least at the outset of, of spring training. One, what Alec Manoa looks like. And that, I mean... We should all be reminded that these spring training games don't mean much one way or the other as far as results. Even if if Alec Manoa looks amazing or if he looks
1: horrible, it it means nothing. I would. Yeah, I, I just and it's a great reminder. But what I hate in a spring training outing and we heard this from some of him when he had like the rehab outings or that one day when he got like lit up by all the 18 year olds and 19 year olds. If you're going to go into a game just working on something, Mm -hmm. you don't have to tell me what it is. Like, I'm just working on the Mm -hmm. curveball. But just can you preface it ahead of time so that when it does go badly, it doesn't look like an excuse post-fact? Well, can, we, can we please yeah. do that? Please, and,
0: and, and we can do it ourselves if it's like a Kevin Gossman,
1: right? Yeah, and yeah. He gets tattooed. We're oh, like, like, oh, he no, was working, no, on, working something. on something. But yeah, for no, Alec Manoa. I'm going to need. I I want a schedule of which starts are real <laughs> and which starts stuff is being worked on. <laughs> please, <laughs> please, please. And don't do it after the fact. No, no. Like I was good. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Obviously, it was I, dialed. I,
0: actually, <laughs> or I guess you could claim you're working on stuff uh, each and every start. I, you know what? So the, we got our first little taste of what the messaging is going to be around Alec Manoa yesterday from Blue Jays pitching Code uh pete walker who was on blair and barker
2: in that in those low 90s out of the shoot obviously he's at a good place Um, his ball his fastball plays up he doesn't have to be 97 98 by any means but to see consistently in the in the low 90s in spring would be great touching you know getting up into the mid 90s occasionally um and but I, i the biggest thing with him last year was just that that tempo down the mound and and his his bounce around the mound to be honest with you how he's feeling how he's moving um, we just want to see all those positive signs again that we've seen in the past, and, and I expect to see it. I mean, I, I have no doubt to be And personally, uh, I'm sure there's a you know there's doubters out there, and mm-hmm. that's that's the way it goes in this game. But I, I know the guy. I know Alec very well. I know the passion. I know the, the dedication this off season and the will to be good or the will to be great. <laughs> you know, not everybody has that. Yep. So. I expect, I expect a huge bounce back from him and, and, you know, and again, we, we still have to have depth. I mean, we have other guys, we got Bowden Francis, uh, who looks fantastic and is for me as a major league pitcher, uh, Mitch White bounced back at the end of last season. Um, you know, obviously, Yario Rodriguez and Tiedemann knocking on the door. So we're, we're in a good place. Um, but there is, it's competition guys got to be good.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, that's all well and good, and uh, and and not something I, I I wouldn't have expected Pete Walker to say. I will mm-hmm. say that, boy, Blue Jays do have a lot of guys that we'll be talking about what shape they look in mm. this season. We did the whole thing like, and listen, I'm not body shaming anyone. Yeah, like yeah. these are
1: r- legit you questions. Better not, you know, Manoa will come for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But s- there were
0: serious questions about the the. Physical makeup of Alec mm-hmm. Manoa yesterday impacting his performance on the mound, yep. and and this is a—he's a massive human being to begin. He's mm-hmm. never going to look tiny, oh. but there are degrees, society, right? right? Yeah, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Obviously, we know in the COVID year, and and his uh, lack of fitness impacting mm-hmm. his performance there, and him being explicit in talking about it. You wonder about Alejandro Kirk, whether you know some of his lack of performance since being an All Star is impacted. Like there are a lot of guys that yeah. I think. We're going to be looking at the images, uh, images of, and the people that are down there and getting firsthand accounts as to like what kind of physical shape they Mm -hmm. look in headed into this season
1: yeah there's going to be a lot of it's not even like body language doctoring it's just it's just body doctoring you're like "Mm, let me let me eyeball this guy's Mm -hmm. bmi is a lot of what's going to be happening there and look you know i know people get uncomfortable about it at times but they're professional athletes it's a fair thing to criticize or at Mm -hmm. the very least question and yeah i think that's what a lot of people will be looking for the other thing that jumped out to me about about that quote from Walker and, you know, obviously a pitching coach is going to be as bullish as anyone on the, the staff that they've got at their disposal. But if all these guys pan out to varying degrees and I'm throwing Manoa in there and you, you mentioned, he mentions Rodriguez and Francis, you know, people always need pitching in baseball and there are still holes on this team. I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to make a trade in the early days of spring training or something. But if that rotation is starting to shape out beyond what you can bank on in your Barrios, Gosman, and I guess Bassett, well, not, I guess Bassett, but Bassett and Kikuchi. that if, if you see what you want from Manoa and you see what you want from Rodriguez and you see what you want from Francis, all of a sudden you've got some chips because all we ever talk about is the lack of chips. This team has, from a prospect perspective and that's all well and true, but if they've got major league ready pitching and granted, you need to have some options there. We've seen what happens when this team only has five major league arms. Mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if that's kind of uh, a course they could take here. The idea of seeing how these arms pan out and if that maybe opens some doors for them on a, on a trade market.
0: Yeah. Uh, at the deadline that i is I guess the number one area that you can trade from, uh, unless you know we see some prospects take a, a major step forward. Ricky Tiedemann and his
1: performance this season is going to be a big deal because he was hurt a bunch last year, right? And that's yeah. kind of a knock on him as the the durability. yeah
0: we're doing the Nate Pearson thing again, where it's like great. oh you just got to build the innings up. If he could just stay on a minor league How'd mound, that work out? yeah, it's not so great. Hey, but- maybe
1: he maybe he too will have uh, like six strikeouts in a postseason game once.
0: Yeah, and when the the position player. Report. Um, I'm interested, in, and maybe we don't get a sense of this until the regular season starts. But yeah, th- this offense doesn't look all that much more improved if Justin Turner's your DH for 150 games. But mm-hmm. if he's playing third base half the time, and we're seeing less of Isaiah kiner Falefa, and more of an actual major league caliber bat at DH and third base, like maybe it allows David Schneider to DH mm-hmm. or Alejandro Kirk refines himself offensively and he can DH when mm-hmm. Danny Jansen's on the game or Danny Jansen to save his body uh, is, is DHing. Anyways, anything that can keep Isaiah Kain or Falefa off the field, I think would be a benefit to to this team. And, and I don't know if we're going to learn that during spring training. It's just one of the, the bigger questions I have. Uh, surrounding this Blue Jays team.
1: Yeah, that was one of mine, is who's going to play third base and what does that do to the makeup of your team? You know, uh, Davis Schneider's a guy that's been bandied about. He could play a lot of different positions, but, you know, it's odd to go from the team where you were the defense and pitching team last year to... The offense is going to be a little bit improved, but the defense, you know, you third base, like say what you will about Matt Chapman, was a plus, plus, plus defender for a really long time. And, you know, I know he had the finger injury at the tail end of the year, maybe that affected it, but you're going to downgrade in, in that, at that position defensively. And despite how porous Chapman was, depending on how much DH Turner's playing, I don't know that that position is going to be improved much offensively either. No, it's not. I say,
0: Conor Um uh, he can do some things. He can be on your team, I guess, as the twenty-six man. Boy. What a what a ringing endorsement! He can be on your team, I guess. Yeah, God. as a defensive replacement late. I don't think it's somebody you want starting too many uh,
1: baseball games. Anyways, it's gonna be great to see just the images out of Dunedin. Ah, oh, I don't pop that. The I was gonna say I don't. I don't need the images. I need that. I remember cutting audio a long time for the job here. Aren't and just, I kind of doing it? It's not the same though. Uh, unfortunately, you punching the pocket of your hand does not have the same zip as a crisp two-seamer being being thrown from like seventy yards away. It's it's just not the same. The crack of the bat as well. Oh, I can't wait. There is there. No sport sounds better than baseball. Like mm. I like other sports better than I like baseball. I know that. Like professional you, yodeling. Uh, no, I'm, I, I'll take baseball okay. uh, o- over that professional darts. Uh, yeah. Don't yeah. tempt me. But there is no sport that sounds better. Like some sport, some sounds in other sports can rival it. Mm. Like bar down, overtime goal. In a road arena where the fans are quiet and just mm. the players are going nuts. That is a really sweet sound. But that's just one. Baseball mm. has a million of them. Far and away the best sounding sport. Oh, yeah. That was the that that was was best good one. one yet. That was a really- it, don't <laughs> do it again. You're not getting better than that.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, again, Blue Jays pitchers and catchers. Mandatory reporting day today in Dunedin. First uh, spring training game coming up uh, on Sportsnet later on this month. Uh, happening today. Uh, at around noon eastern time tiger woods is going to play professional golf again brent at uh his own genesis open yeah the the tournament that he hosts at uh, riviera golf and country club in los angeles Mm -hmm. last time we saw him it was freezing cold in augusta and he had plantar fasciitis and and he made the cut which is oh kudos to you tiger he's a winner
1: that Uh, was his win
0: but then he was like I'm going home. Yes. And we're like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) Do whatever you need to do, baby. He subsequently had ankle surgery. He's back, though. He is back. He has a new clothing brand, which I think we'll probably also discuss Uh uh, here. What are your expectations for for Tiger?
1: I hope better than the clothing brand, if I could just quickly give my my opinions there. There is, you know, I said this. This will shock you. I've been talking a lot about Tiger's return uh, with various buds. I really hope this isn't the case, but is this going to be like if you ordered Tiger off a wish? Like he's not wearing Nike anymore. Mm. He's even more old and decrepit. He still looks like from afar, if he's not doing anything, he looks like the guy. But once you put it into action, how's it going to go? I've made the case a million times. I will make it again that I wish, I wish he would have it in him to just give us all the moment, but he can't. And Mickelson winning his major at 50 whatever years old has given Tiger. I think this, you know, not that anybody else needed more of a chip on their shoulder, but I can't let Phil have that one over me. And I think it's a fool's errand to think he's going to win another major. I thought that in 2019, but man, this is so much different. This is (laughs) such an older version of the guy. It's sad. Quite frankly, it's, it's not a contact sport like Tom Brady. He wanted to play forever, but once every three weeks, he got fallen on by a guy who's weighing 300 pounds, running as fast as he can at him. It's like Tiger, you know, I know it's grinding on his body, but he just has to walk around a golf course. Mm. Like, he can gut through it as much as he wants. It's, I wish it wasn't the case. Please, please prove me wrong. But it's sad. It is. Oh, my God. Really? I'm shocked to hear you so depressed
0: about the whole thing. Because, yeah, last time we did see it, he made the cut at Augusta. I, I understand. Like, the, the field that... Augusta National is—it's a weird one to talk about yeah. because it's yeah, it's yeah, like it's Sandy the, Lyles are poking around. Yeah, it's the best players in the world, but also like not the, the deepest worst. Yeah. field. But and this is also an elevated event this week, mm-hmm. so it's a it's a limited field and a weirdo cut where if you're within ten shots of lead, you get to play the yep. weekend as well. Um, he's just another guy now, as far as like the, just his, his ability to play mm, yes. in a tournament. But other just another guys do win like on occasion. Yeah. Like I, 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 I'm shocked Nick to hear Nick Dunlap amateur one, <laughs> I, right? Like he, he is just another guy. I'm also interested. This is such an uh, um, bizarre point in the PGA Tour's history with mm-hmm. what we thought was going to be an amalgamation with Live and the Saudi investment fund, and then the every sports team owner in North America, giving them $3 billion and what that means to the future of this sport and how invested they are in Tiger Woods being the guy that he said he was going to be like Mm -hmm. a tournament a month outside of the majors, how invested they are in him not embarrassing himself.
1: Yeah, they, they should be. I think it is such a, it's such a fine line for the tour to walk because it's Tiger Woods. He is still, still the guy that makes casuals care the most. I don't, I don't care. Brooks Koepka, Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, mm-hmm. my boy, Rory McIlroy. Mm-hmm. You could amalgamate all of their fan bases into one golfer. And that guy being in the final group would not mean as much as Tiger being within five shots of a lead on a Saturday. It wouldn't matter the same way. That is still the guy who moves the needles most for casuals. And golf is such a sport where the casual is who you need to rope in. It's what makes the ma- it's what makes the major special is that the casuals do watch it and that is still the guy and it is it is such a fine line for them to walk of still propping up and promoting rightfully so Tiger Woods but you need to sell what the actual product is right now. And, hey, again, prove me wrong, Tiger, but I don't think it's, it's him in terms of the product wow. that's going to win. I would I think you're love just, to be wrong. You're, you're just prepping yourself to not be disappointed. No, because I was the guy who forever, shout out George Rusick doing our morning show in Calgary, Would he would forever tell me, Tiger's done, Tiger's done, and I never wavered that there was always that chance, there was always that magical Sunday. We would always have Jack's 86. Mm-hmm. We got it. Jack... Jack didn't also have a 92. Mm-hmm. Like, Jack in 86 was special because it was special. That Tiger 2019 Masters, like, I could cry thinking about it right now. It was such a special moment. But it's because it was truly special that I feel that way about it. Again, I would love to be proven wrong. There's I'd love for him to... since then. Yeah, just a few. Mm-hmm. He's a different guy. He was old and decrepit when he did that, and it's only gotten worse since. Now, the one... Little piece of argument, I suppose you could say, is that the tour has got worse. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm not going to yeah. overstate what it means to yeah. lose a few of these guys, but I don't know. It's easier to win a golf tournament when John Rahm's not in it, Brooks Kepka's not in it, Cam Smith's not in it. It's easier to win those golf tournaments mm-hmm. now. Super tight field, everyone there's good. It's not going to be easy. But maybe that's the one thing you kind of hold out hope for is that he can catch lightning in a bottle. And then, again, some of those other guys that would kind of go toe-to-toe with him aren't there anymore. Not to say the like, you know, Spieth, McElroy. Like, there's still a ton of talent on Justin Thomas. All these guys, there's still a ton of talent Nick on tour. Nick Taylor, how dare you? Of course, my boy. I don't, I gotta be honest, I love Nick Taylor. I don't know that he's uh make a tiger quake in the boots the same way uh. I saw a report it's
0: like Nick Taylor considering being a part of the full swing Netflix series I was like considering like if they ask Nick Taylor to be like Nick Taylor should be knocking on Netflix door every single day being like can I go can I be featured that, on like, your
1: program I like Mario Kart that's
0: <laughs> for a golfer that's pretty cool do the thing <laughs> Nick Taylor's like I don't know
1: something tells me he's going to be pretty heavily featured uh, on this next one uh, that's dropping soon, because again, like it is every year, the tour decided to have their massive news leak the second the Canadian Open started, mm. so they had to have the cameras rolling. So mm. awesome moment, the seventy-two foot putt. Yeah, we'll have true. it forever.
0: Um, Sunday red. Uh, okay, so I'm not Sunday day red. Red. Yeah, three mm. three words. Uh huh. Okay, so I'm not. Graphic design is not my passion. No, mine, okay? mine either. <laughs> I'm a, a couple horrible. of cool guys
1: having this discussion. <laughs> I'm, actually,
0: I'm really horrible. Like I don't know what colors go together. I can't draw. Like I don't. I know what I like though, and uh, it's I, not mm-hmm. it's not that I like at all. That. Like he, 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 we make fun of like the sun, day, red. Like even that is it's awful to it's look beneath at. him. What are we doing here? The logo, the skeleton tiger, the color. It's all awful. It's Awful, And the fact that we can never again get the, the TW Nike logo uh, was iconic. And, you know, it's brands and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. blah. Sure. Many uh CEOs made billions of dollars off that thing. Whatever. Yeah. Somebody did a good job with that logo and we never get to see it again. Tiger was asked like, hey, because Nike doesn't make golf apparel yeah. anymore. He's like, but it's gone forever. Like, sorry, we we can't get it back. Um, So, I mean, hold close any TW attire you may have. Sunday Red is heinous. And, like, if you hear me say something opposite tomorrow, and I will if, if I'm given a bunch of apparel. Gladly. But as of this moment, I can just say what I feel, and it's awful.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. This is the thing it's it's actually the most remarkable thing about Michael Jordan that he was able to have a clothing line that was considered so cool when he himself is very cool mm-hmm. but you've like we've all done the jokes about how Jordan dresses and his jeans that are I guess now cool again because they're like thirty seven sizes too big and mm-hmm. but it's been the same thing about Tiger Woods. You go look at all the pictures of Tiger Woods when he's not at a golf course. it's hilarious. Like, my guy has some bad fashion sense. It's like the only good outfit he's ever worn outside of a golf course is when he put on the green jacket to relive his win at Augusta with Jim Nance in the pandemic. It's like the guy loves Tiger-printed shirts and is gaudy. It's garish. It's like, oh, shocker. He didn't come – and it's like, I don't think Tiger Woods is sitting there with with an iPad sketching it all out. But, yeah, I'm not surprised that a guy who – Looks good when Nike dresses him. Uh-huh. and looks a different way when they don't. I'm not overly surprised. It just, honestly, I, it's so dumb that I feel this way. But if he would have come out with a firecracker of a clothing line, like mm. if Sunday Red was just a 10 out of 10 instant winner, I'd be so much more in on the comeback. I'd be like, Tom. wow, look at this. He's looking good. He's feeling good. Mm, he's not looking good.
0: I mean, he is,
1: he's partnering with a big company, right? Yeah, like Taylor Taylor
0: made. And yeah. it's, a, like, a lifestyle brand, so, like, this golf company is is trying to appeal to people that aren't necessarily golfers, and this is, like, everyday walking around type stuff, I guess. But, sure. Yeah.
1: It just. Again, <laughs> I, I would like to be, I, I would like to join you in saying, if if Sunday Red and or made would like to very much change my mind about this, yeah. uh, I know I've criticized guys on the Live Tour, but I, too, mm-hmm. can be bought. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Just want to get that out there. All right. But now my opinions are clear.
0: Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Just don't run back the tape if, in fact, we're on the take uh, tomorrow. No. All right. bring me wrong. <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk to Adam Stanley, newly minted Sportsnet golf reporter, as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Bourne. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Fan Morning Show sports at 590 The Fan Band and his friend Gunning. Perhaps a more subdued. Atmosphere at Riviera starting today. Just then in in uh, Arizona last week for the waste management, wasted management. Yeah, Phoenix nice. Open and uh, their CEO talking about hey, we maybe got a. Tone him down a little bit Mm-mm. next year. Don't Take, you dare. We'll talk to Jason Demers later on in the program. He was there. Yeah,
1: our man on the scene. You may have seen him. You, no, I don't no. know. <laughs> it would be it would be very mean of us, but I feel like he would appreciate the joke to just find the drunkest guy <laughs> we found there and tweet out. Coming up next on Fan Morning Show. Yeah. I feel like he'd appreciate the joke, but it would be mean at the same time.
0: Yeah. So I I, I guess they're gonna they're gonna tone it back. And part of the problem this year. At that tournament too, it should be stated, and and the tournament CEO mentioned as much that the weather played into it. The fact that you had delays mm-hmm. and not as much golf, yeah, on Saturday to to, to actually enjoy play golf played into it. But uh, yeah, there's some changes uh, afoot with that tournament. We'll talk about that and uh, other things with our next guest, who is, as I mentioned, the newly minted full time Sportsnet golf reporter, Adam Stanley. Good to hear from you, buddy. Congrats on the new okay. gig.
3: Hey guys, yeah, thank you so much. It's obviously, uh, you know, been working hard the last little while, but uh support like uh, what I get from you guys means a lot. So, I appreciate it.
1: The Stanimal, the Content Beast, mm-hmm. uh we we love talking on the airwaves. So, yeah, man, honestly, uh congrats. Uh couldn't have happened to a better guy. Uh in in I do realize that came across sarcastically and I do mean it in earnest. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So, we were just talking about it, uh the waste management there. I feel like we have this referendum not every year, But every other to every three years, I feel like a couple of years ago, the referendum actually went to the players when they had like the chain smokers having a mosh pit right as COVID was, was breaking. Uh, What do you make of the discourse coming out of this event? I feel like we do this every, every couple of years and we go back to to finding our middle. What do you make of it all?
3: Yeah, I think the, the waste management, like the line like between waste management and like wasted management Phoenix open, like is we're, we're finding it a little bit tighter every single year. Like where, where is the line? I think it just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. And and I think this year was, was a real tipping point. I mean, shutting down uh, alcohol sales, closing the gates, uh, even for ticketed people like that. That's like next level kind of result. That's next level kind of action that somebody had to say, like we have gotten out of hand. And when the waste management Phoenix opened with a hundred thousand plus people on site in a single day, somebody says to them we've gotten out of hand then yeah they need to zoom out they need to take a real hard look at what this is because i, I think every tournament i mean look even at the rbc canadian open they've got two concerts they've got a party hole um they're, they're trying to take elements from the waste management phoenix open to make sure that it's not just a golf tournament it's an entertainment spectacle and et cetera, and et cetera. but there can only be one waste management phoenix open and i think the players are going to be the ones who speak the loudest and if this was too much And if it's not going to be a signature event next year, uh, I I do think that the field could suffer. And and if the field suffers, then, you know, it's going to be one of those things where the tournament organizers have to think we got to, we got to tighten things up a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the the RBC Canadian Open because that's where my mind kind of went. Like, we want a rowdy grow- golf crowd to a certain extent. Like, things feel like they matter when things are when people are interested and invested in them. But, you know, I was right there with you a couple years ago at St. George's when we had guys doing snow angels in the bunkers there and they kind of lost contain and they did a good job of getting it back. But is this not kind of leading to a bigger question of what – people want to be as golf fans and who are golf fans. Cause I've been kind of preaching it to anyone who will hear me that even if you're not the biggest golf fan, there are far worse ways to spend your Saturday or your Thursday, than walking around on a beautiful piece of property in the sun. Like it does feel like the golf consumer, at least in person isn't necessarily the golf sicko that's watching all of it on TV. Like it does feel like we're having a bit of a conversation of what it means to be a golf fan is like an in-person event. Cause yeah, the Phoenix open is what it is, but we've had this here as well. Yeah. I
3: think it's like, what, what is entertainment products and, and what are you going to spend your money on these days? And I think that if you can get, if you can get value, like, again, you think about uh, what, the things that you just mentioned at the Canadian open. And we use that because that's the example that's right in front of us, that more, more often than not, someone who's a sports fan who lives in the greater Toronto area will, will have the opportunity to attend that. And I think, for for the reasons that you just mentioned if it's you know a, a Saturday in June and it's going to be 23 degrees and you're going to go hang out and have a couple beers and enjoy and enjoy the buzz enjoy the atmosphere hang out in the sun kind of do your thing walk around you don't have to be restricted to a certain place you can get together with two friends five friends 12 friends any of that sort of stuff and, and it's and it's value. You know, you're going to watch a sporting event, you're going to go to a concert, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. But all of that being said, it doesn't really sound like that's someone who is, you know, 70, who's played golf all their life, who just wants to go uh, and, and clap along with Mackenzie Hughes making three birdies. Right. Like it's it, it does seem like it's going to be a different kind of person, uh, male female, young, old, um, sports fan, golf fan, not a sports fan, but just want to see, you know, Florida, Georgia line, whatever it may be who who wants to come and spend their money and enjoy the game. And and I don't think that we as fans of golf should be judging people who want to come and just enjoy, enjoy golf, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to put golf in this instance and maybe air quotes uh, because it's, it's not just about that. And, and I don't think that we're at like a tipping point. I think we're at a time where it should be celebrated.
0: Yeah. And and I I see the images and I, yeah, I I I I don't think it's a great look for any sporting event people to have are people dumb, yeah, for to, sure. to have people falling down. And I don't I certainly don't want anybody to get hurt, but I also don't want Zach Johnson speaking about it. Like, <laughs> Honestly, like I can, so, can I have my cake and eat it too? Because like I don't want like the privileged golfer who's yeah Dude, never yeah. had to work a day in his life. This and, is the new no love. Oh, and I know these aren't necessarily working class people because it's a very expensive tournament to get into too, right? Like and 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 especially to travel to, but maybe this is your entire entertainment budget for the year to go down to that thing. I don't, like, just shut up, Zach Johnson. That's all.
3: Oh, my, (laughs) dude. When I was like, when the guy who asked Zach Johnson those questions was like, how many, you know, how many times? Oh, I played, guys played this tournament like 18 times. (laughs) It's It's like, why do you come back? I like the greens. Zach Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, this is ridiculous. Dude, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I can yeah. find some
1: Bermuda to, to put on in I've other seen. parts of the world. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's like, you're, you're right. We can all make this case, but let us make it. Please yeah. not you. And the other thing I'd say about this is, you know, we talk about this cause it's a bit of a new phenomenon to golf, but, People have been going to baseball games, not caring about baseball for a hundred years. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm going to sit outside. I'm going to mm-hmm. hang out with my friends. I'm going to drink a beer. Maybe I'll care about the game at some point in time. A lot of people go because they love it. A lot of people go because it's a good place to to kind of hang out. Uh, the, it, we can't talk to you without talking about, uh, sorry to the Wasted Management Open, but the biggest story in, in golf. And uh, it's Tiger returning. You know, I, I did my spiel that I often do of, I wish he would just, give us the last grand hurrah, but he never will. I don't think we'll ever see the tiger where he says, all right, this is my last competitive tournament. What are your expectations? Am I off base and thinking he should just effectively hang him up? Where are you at on, on the big cat now?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's, he's just not wired that way. You know, like I think there's, there's certainly probably a growing number of people that are going to be more comfortable if he just says, you know, this is going to be my last, my last real go, but I think we're kind of getting bits and pieces of that. Like at the end of last year, maybe the middle of last year, I forget the timeline exactly, but you know, now we know that he's only really going to have the physical capability to tee it up like once a month. So, you know, that means this week uh, at the Genesis, maybe the players uh, that's kind of here, here, nor there. And then obviously he'll, he'll play the majors and and life will go on. So, uh, you know, everyone, knows, including the guys on the PGA Tour, you know, Max Homa, first thing out of his mouth yesterday was, events are better when Tiger's in the field. And we as kind of the sporting collective, we know that. He transcends golf. He transcends sports. And, and I think that the fact that he is walking fine, he swing the golf club well, he's smiling, he seems to be in some semblance of like a state of joy right now, and he can do it. And I think that we should be celebrating that and, and enjoying that. Uh, the expectations for me are probably not that high for him, especially at this golf course. He's never played it all that well. Um, but Tiger came out there and said, "Well, what? Hey, Tiger, what do you want to do this week?" And he's like, "Well, a win would be nice." Mm. It's like, "All right, man, <laughs> sounds good. We'll we'll see it. We'll see him <laughs> Sunday, maybe." Uh, otherwise we'll see it Friday night. So, um, I, yeah, quickly, uh, two points. You know, he says his ankle feels better 100%. He's walking clearly much better. Uh, the golf swing has never gone away. Uh, he says he's not working with a coach, though, because only he can know what his body does. Mm, um, love that. And I think that the, uh, the effort that he's going to put in, in inside the ropes, he, he's always has got this burning motivation to want to play well. And, um, you know, for us as, as people who are watching it, Guys, The guy's 48, 49 years old, greatest of certainly the modern time, maybe the greatest of all time. If he's still out there and he wants to do it, um, you know, kudos to him.
0: Yeah, I'm invested in him being at least relevant and around for the weekend, but so are the people at TaylorMade. And so are the, the people that just funneled $3 billion towards the PGA Tour, Adam. <laughs> like, I wonder... How, how that changes things, like in his willingness to maybe play through the pain or play through some, some embarrassment, if it gets embarrassing, that yeah, it's an interesting moment in the PGA Tour's history with the new money, uh, money funneling yep. in and the conversation with the, with the, the Saudis and, and maybe eventually an amalgamation with the Live Tour.
3: Big time, and Tiger's like Tiger's the man, right? Like Tiger, even though he's not uh, playing a full schedule, when he tees it up, all the eyes on the golf world are are going to be on on him and the events that he's that he's playing. And uh, these guys who are uh, part of this consortium, uh, this SSG group, who's just dumped you know one point five billion dollars into it right now, with another one point five billion to come. They're, they're business people. They have created a for-profit enterprise. And there is no better way to make a profit with men's professional golf than to have Tiger Woods involved in said product. So I'm sure that they, uh, you know, they, they don't want to push Tiger to you know, play more and hurt himself and then have to be on the sidelines for longer. But uh, when it comes to an opportunity for these guys who have made a living out of making money, to make more money by investing in men's professional golf, they want Tiger Woods either around to be playing, uh, either around with his uh, voice and presence or with his ideas. And I think that uh, he is involved with all of those right now. And, and I'm, I'm positive that because, you know, the, the PGA tour as it stands right now, <clears throat> excuse me, is a nonprofit, but this new PGA tour enterprise is a for-profit, which means they're not just giving money out of the goodness of their heart. They want to make more money back. And Tiger is the, is, is the money, you know, the money man. He's the way that men's professional golf is going to make money. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that now, now it's going to be an interesting week, TV wise, and et cetera. Um, and then as they move forward to kind of see Tiger's involvement. In this new enterprise, that's going to be the fascinating thing.
1: Yeah, you're you're closer to rich guys circles uh, that, than I am, but I I can right. also confirm that uh, the rich guys don't like giving money just for no reason. Mm. Generally speaking, they they want a return on, on investment. I agree with you what you said about Tigers just never been wired that way to walk away to say, all right, this is it. I'm gonna. We had that moment at the Swillican Bridge a couple of years ago. Like, come on, just say this is the last one. It'd be great picture. How much do you think Mickelson's major at? Kiowa plays into this and him not wanting Phil to have that thing over him. That's basically the only thing Phil can ever say is I was able to win a major in my 50s and you weren't, at least not yet. How much do you think that leads to Tiger kind of wanting to keep the the competitive embers burning here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I want to say like probably not at all, but. Uh, probably like let's be serious i think i think a little bit um is one of those things where he he wants to he wants to do it like you can't if the discourse over the last two and a half decades in men's professional golf has been you know tiger versus phil like obviously tiger is tiger and the influence you know can't be measured and, and you look at the sheer number of wins both with respect to the majors and with respect to pga tour victories but you know if if the guy's are getting older and older and older and, and all of a sudden, you know, Phil can always hold the, dude, I won a major. Well, I was the last guy to win a major. Ha, ha, ha. Then I don't think Tiger's going to take that very, very kindly. So mm. um, there's got to be a little bit of him that uh, that wants to do it again. Um, but if it doesn't, like when you think about sort of the grand scheme of of pro golf and iconic imagery and, and all that sort of stuff, like it, I don't know if there is a more iconic one than that, you know, 18th green celebratory, emotional release double fist pump from Tiger from the 2019 Masters. And if that's going to be where it ends, then then I think that that image and that moment, um, you know, is is a lot stronger than than Phil's PGA win. All right, let's talk about the logo.
0: Nick Taylor picking up his fourth PGA Tour victory halfway to Mike Weir's eight. Still looking for his first uh, major title. Obviously, he's 35 years old. Uh, Mike Weir was 33 when he won his Masters, which was, I believe, his sixth uh, PGA Tour win. And this is a guy that was a top 10 player on tour. I mean, Nick Taylor's now, what, top 30 on the World Golf Rankings. What what are we talking about as far as pace? And clearly, like, the guy that we're looking at, unless you think it's Corey Connors, but for me, I mean, especially the way he's played over the last calendar year, the guy that we're looking at every time uh, the Canadians see it up at, at, at a major is the guy that feels most likely to break through.
3: I think that the reason why we think this certainly now is the way that Nick has won the last two tournaments, the, the Canadian open in the playoff, the, the Phoenix open in the playoff, when he's standing over a putt, like you just kind of know it's going in. And, and, you know, if there is one Achilles heel to Corey Connors game, who may be the best ball hitter, you know, on the PGA tour, as Derek Ingram, his coach likes to call him, you know, he's, we know he's going to flush it, but he, he's, he's struggled with the flat stick. He's He's improved mightily. Uh, over the last maybe year or so, but not as much as Nick Taylor. I mean, strokes game putting for Nick Taylor two years ago, he was 120th, 130th, something like that. Last year he was 40th, and this last week, excuse me, he was first with the flat stick. So when it comes to to winning majors, you know, Nick hits it long enough. He hits it pretty darn straight, but on the greens, that's the big difference maker. And if you're going to go to some of these uh, golf courses where – Uh, you know, you're going to have to putt well to, to, you know, make those par, make those key pars um, to avoid the bogeys, to make birdies when you need to. I mean, that, that's going to be Nick's big differentiator. And I do think that he has all this burning confidence inside of him now knowing I've won my national open. I have won a big event at a big golf course in the Phoenix Open. Uh, what is the logical next thing? He went toe to toe with Mickelson
1: a couple of years ago, man. He, he yeah. did. He
3: took him down. Took him down to Pebble, you know. And and I think the the only thing that's probably holding Nick back is the lack of experience at major championships. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get in the mix to have a chance to win, and he hasn't even been in the mix yet. So I, I think if he does that, you know, a little bit, then he's not going to falter, which is great. But you got to get there first.
0: Yeah, he's only played the Masters once. He was T twenty nine. So we'll we'll see how he uh, fares at Augusta, where you will be, man. Are you Counting down the days.
3: <laughs> I can't. Yes, I can't wait. It's uh, it's gonna be a fun gonna be a fun year telling the stories on site. You know, we'll start with the players, and then we'll get back to Augusta National. And um, you know, obviously, four Canadians uh, in the field this this year. Hopefully, we'll get to number five. But the the neat thing you, you bring up Nick and the Masters. So c- quickly on that, mm. Nick and Adam, they played the Masters last in twenty twenty. It was the November one. So for, for someone like Nick, you know, it's going to be a totally new experience for him because a it's the springtime and B there's going to be fans around and C he's probably going to be a sneaky dark horse pick by a lot of people to have a nice week. So, um, you know, that, that could be, that could be a lot for him, but you know, he's 35 years old. He's not, you know, a rookie on tour. He kind of knows what, what it's going to take to, to play well there. And, and, um, it's going to be pretty darn cool to be out there again, for sure.
1: I'm yeah. pretty excited for the practice round picture that that yeah. one of those guys <laughs> is going to tweet out. I can't
3: wait. Mm. Probably Mac.
1: I feel like he's he's usually quickest with the, the Twitter fingers. Can't wait. Mm.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's quick on the draw, for sure. No, it'll be great.
0: Yeah, that's going to be the clearest indication that winter is over. Uh, Adam, again, congrats uh, on the full-time gig here at Sportsnet. Uh, thanks for doing this,
3: buddy. Yeah, thanks, fellas. Really appreciate it. Talk soon. See ya,
0: Adam Stanley, Sportsnet.
1: Golf reporter going to be at Augusta National for the Masters. Early April. Yeah, you man, you uh, you mentioned it there, Taylor's major record. That T29 is the best result he's ever had. Now, the U.S. Open last year was a complete, or two years ago, was a complete whirlwind for, or, you know, it was last year. He hits the putt, the, the, the putt hurled round at least this part of the world. Then he flies across the country. That felt like a lot being thrown at him. But, yeah, you'd certainly like to see him start putting some results together there. And that win, it, like, I'm sorry, it doesn't count as a major win, but it does in terms of what he accomplished. Like him in the playoff, hitting that putt, it's not a major. It doesn't count as one, but he basically won one in terms of what he now knows he can accomplish with how big that putt was. You don't think that felt like him walking down, you know, Bethpage Black or pick your major venue. It had to feel exactly the same way with all the pressure he was under.
0: 100%. And, and yeah, Adam rightly points out the putts made, birdying five of his final six holes down the stretch. In Phoenix, if you're gonna win at the Masters, probably like a
1: good idea to be a good potter. Yeah, but it's like putting there is just so different than putting. Like Will Torres can't putt anywhere in the mm-hmm. world, and he can putt there for some reason. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a weird venue. Experience is uh, always so important there. But he's a different guy than when he than when he last played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Johnson has won at Augusta, and <laughs> it the amount it burns me that he has. <laughs> if you could just pick. Win two majors at any two places. He probably has the two. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you'd say, "Well, I want Pebble at the U.S. Open instead of." Sa- but he's won at Augusta and the old course mm-hmm. at St. Andrews. That's mm-hmm. kind of un- unassailable. Mm-hmm. Then he also had that. Oh, y'all can laugh. That was embarrassing when he mm-hmm. towed the driver a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But God, he's now going to be remembered in infamy forever for sounding like a dweeb at the waste management. <sighs> so yeah, just to revisit that, just leaned into the Davis love of it all.
0: <laughs> so again. I like generally the sentiment that he's espousing. Yeah. I, I kind of do, of course, side and certainly don't want anybody to get hurt, which is something he did mention mm-hmm. here. Like, eventually, somebody's gonna get hurt here. And you look at the arrests, and they, they, <laughs> there's somebody showing a chart year over year, what's going on at that tournament. Like, eventually, it's just, it's yeah, that's that's not good. That's no. not necessary. I'm all for having a good time yeah. and have had many a good time. And it, at points in my life, look like some of the people yeah, that you, you saw on Twitter. But don't end up in the clink. Yeah. I, I not yet. And now that I have kids, I feel like that's it's like that part yeah, of my never life say is, never.
1: Is, is over. Rowdy but. trip to Buffalo with the boys when they're twenty one. But but yeah Jack Zach Johnson's <laughs> gotta shut up. Yeah like, just, he's got he's just gotta shut up. Just do less. It's the Paul Rudd (laughs) from I Love You, Man. It's like, do less. Uh, No, still doing too much. Just say less. Yeah. Say
0: less. It's not from you, man. And you're upset because, like, people were yelling during your swing. Like, that's the thing you're most upset about. You don't care about people falling down. You're like, you're upsetting my golf round where I get millions of dollars. And
1: they were chirping his terrible captaincy at the Ryder Cup. (laughs) It's It's all personal. Like, yeah, it's like I too like to bring in a like, and I also care about the societal ill when I'm just complaining about grievances I have. (laughs) What an embarrassment. In a world where golf is like getting sexier and cooler, we cannot allow Zach Johnson to make his way to a mic ever again. Yeah. Max is probably not doing that. Yeah. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Although Max, that's like kind of
0: the Max Homa crowd. I'm thinking they're, they're, oh, yeah, they're they're, they're more back in Max Homa than they are, Zach Johnson. You think? (laughs) All right. Time now for the Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. 19-plus, bet responsibly. Maple Leafs back in action. No Morgan Riley. Who knows what cast of characters are also out tonight uh, as they're all dealing with various degrees of illness. Philadelphia Flyers are on a roll right now, winners of four consecutive, trying to stay inside the playoff mix in the Eastern Conference. Ilya Samsonov going to get the starting goal again as it looks like Dennis Hildeby is going to be his backup. The Maple Leafs are favored to the tune of minus 161 with all the uncertainties surrounding this lineup.
1: The Flyers plus 135. The total is six, Brent. God, I wish the total was six and a half because I'd be slamming it. I still think I'm leaning towards the under. But honestly, until they prove me wrong, this is what the Leafs do when they're missing bodies and they're Mm. banged up. Give me Leafs to cover. You get a little juice there, plus 145. I know. It's a a little queasy. You never know which version of the Leafs is going to show up. I think that's the best value on the board there.
0: Okay, I think you made a salient point earlier when I was talking about the record without Morgan Riley mm-hmm. a season ago as opposed to the one game that they played yeah. without him against the St. Louis Blues oh, limiting them point. to f- 15 shots against. This is a different team, and yeah, it was just one game. And they might also be without yet another player. To, like mm-hmm. William Nylander missed practice yesterday because of this illness. Yep. I I like the Flyers at plus 135 against what could be just a very diminished roster version of the the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, I'm cl- uh, clearly not gonna gonna take them laying the the juice uh, at home. Uh, it is also at home. Like they're not they're gonna win oh. consecutive home it's, games. Are you it's
1: nuts? Great, it's a great point by you. All
0: right, that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. 19 plus bet responsibly. When we come back, talk to Carter Hutton, former NHL goalie. Next, as the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben is Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.